0: Good evening welcome to our lecture Divina let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen O oh God who have prepared for those who love you good things which no eye can see fill our hearts we pray with the warmth of your love so that loving you in all things and above all things we may attain your promises which surpass every human desire. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So once again, welcome to our Lecture Divina. This coming Sunday is the 20th Sunday, in ordinary time. And the Gospel for this Sunday is still taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. But just like in the previous lecture, before we go to the actual Gospel, let us see one of the readings of this coming Sunday. Generally, we take the first reading because, as I have said in the past, usually the first reading and the Gospel have a connection. They are somehow converging to a common theme, but this coming Sunday is unusual that the three Sundays are connected. Bihirang bihira yun tatlong readings mag magkakonek parang na isang tema, and so instead of taking the first reading, let's take naman yung second reading. Anyway, it is also connected. To the gospel that we shall hear this coming Sunday. And this coming Sunday, the second reading is taken from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Bihiri tayong nakakakuha ng the selection the second reading from the new testament usually we take it from the first reading which is coming from the old testament no last sunday was from the book of from isaiah and then from the book of kings this time from the letter of paul to the romans and you know very well the roman the letter of paul to the romans is the longest of all his letters it was written sometime in the year 57 or 58 It is the most mature and most theological of all his letters. In fact, yung mga commentators, they call it a theological treatise. Why? Because it was the fruit of many years of missionary life. Many years of preaching. Kaya para bang nandito na lahat uh, yung kanyang dapat ituro. Because it was the fruit of many years of preaching and missionary life. In fact, this letter was somehow written in the third missionary journey. So, almost nilibot na niya lahat ng mga churches sa Turkey, in this modern Turkey. At that time, it was Asia Minor. And Paul was never in Rome. Kaya, these are mga few letters wherein Paul has written a letter before... Ano? going to that particular place. Generally, his letter was written after he has visited the place. Ito, he has not visited Rome yet. Pero, alam mo naman, popular na si pole eh. Kaya meron na siya mga fans or his reputation already preceded him in Rome. So, ang nangyari dito, he was hoping to go to Spain. And then, before he he reached Spain, he was thinking of passing by Rome because he knew that there is a good Christian community already in Rome. Just uh, a verse-eye view of his uh, letters, actually his letters were actually nine letters for seven churches. So here, you can find the places where he wrote his letters. You know, importante sa ating lecture is a little bit of geography. Diba? Right? Because uh, they say that there are two eyes of history, geography and chronology. Uh, pag hindi natin masyadong alam yung geography, baka hindi natin ma-appreciate no? yung mga facts. So here, nine letters for seven places. So here we have seen Rome, Thessalonica, Corinth, Philippi, Colosse, Galatia, and Ephesus. Uh, of course, there are nine letters for seven places because he wrote two letters to the Corinthians and two letters to the Thessalonians kaya nine letters and seven letters plus of course meron pa siyang other three or four letters mga pastoral letters no di ba kay Philemon kay Timothy dalawang letters yon tsaka kay Titus all in all there were 13 letters but I have said in Roman letter is the longest And the most theological of all his letters. This coming Sunday, our reading will be taken from letter Paul to the Romans, chapter 11, verses 13 to 15 and 29 to 32. But I'm just giving you this passage because we want to put our attention to this passage as our reflection during this lecture. Please remember... In Rome, during the time of Paul, there were already two groups of Christians. Of course, we call them Roman Christians. But itong Roman Christians, there are the Jewish Christians and there are also the Gentile Christians. Yung mga Jewish Christians, yung mga Judyo na naging Kristiyano. Yung mga Gentile Christians, yung mga pagano, non-Jews na naging Kristiyano. And alam nyo na, may tension di ba? Eh yung mga Hudyo na naging Kristiyano, may konting yabang rin yan, di ba? <laughs> Bakit? Because they are considered the chosen people of God. They took pride in the blessing of the old covenant. And then they became Christians. Sempresyilan, kumisan, they would insist on some laws of Judaism. Na ik- iko ni ni Paul. While yung Gentile Christians naman, yun yung mga pagans, Romans, Greeks, no and other nationalities who became Christians. Ito naman, meron rin silang konting yabang. They took some pride as the beloved of the new people of God. Sa, sa kanila, hindi na kailangan yung, yung iniinsist ng mga Hudyo na naging Kristiyano sa mosaic law. Yung mga law of Moses. Here, Paul would try to correct this. We'll try to, to remove the tension. We are all Christians. Don't, don't fight anymore. Don't 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 talk about these differences because we all believe in Jesus Christ. Now, this coming Sunday, see si Paul somehow was talking to the Gentiles. But it is more a reminder for the Jews to convert themselves that means to believe in Jesus as the messiah because itong letter of paul to the romans is also addressed sa mga judyo na hindi pa nagiging kristiyano at sa mga judyo na naging kristiyano when pag maririnig niyo itong second second reading this coming sunday you will notice that somehow he is talking to the gentiles but actually he was more talking towards the the Jews who were not yet converted. Uh, para bang uh, uh, hey, mga Udyo, believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah because the Gentiles, many of them are already believing. You mga Gentiles, naman, makita natin yan sa first chapter of letter of Paul to the Romans, na he is inviting the Gentiles, naman, to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. This coming Sunday, we'll hear. These words of Paul, I am speaking to you Gentiles. You see? He's speaking more to the Gentiles, but as I've said, it's more a reminder to the Jews to believe in Jesus. I'm speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry in order to make my fellow Jews (laughs) jealous, and thus save some of them for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world what will their acceptance be but life from the dead so ano ibig sabihin ito? that he is yes a missionary to the gentiles but i magnify my ministry in order to make my fellow Jews jealous sa kung itong mga Gentiles na ito kay Yesus. Eh sana naman kayong mga Hudyo, sana niwala rin kayo. Di ba kayong naihinayan na itong mga Gentiles naniniwala? Jesus Christ is a Jew and He is the Messiah. You you are the chosen people and you're waiting for the Messiah and Jesus Christ is a Jew. Believe! Mabuti pa itong mga Gentiles aniniwala sila. Kaya para bang hopefully yung conversion ng mga gentiles make the Jews jealous. O nga no, buti naman sila naniniwala, sana maniwala la rin tayo. So somehow ganyan ang message ni Paul dito sa sa chapter 92, no? And if the reconciliation of these gentiles, no? Uh, rather, if the conversion of the Gentiles is somehow the reconciliation of the world, how much more kung yung mga Hudyo na reconcile with Christ, believe in Christ, that will be alive from the dead. So, that is the message of Paul dito sa letter niya. Pero, please be reminded, si Paul was always insisting in his letter that the Jews remains the chosen people of God. In fact, makikita rin natin from the same chapter, the first verse. That the Jews remain to be the chosen people of God. And Paul usually went first to the Jews. And only then, when they did not accept him, did he go to the pagans. So he knows that these people, the Jews, they are beloved also by God. And they are the chosen people of God. Now, if they don't accept the message of Jesus, then I will go to the pagans. And hope that the Jews will become envious if they see pagans enter the, the church. Sana naman. Sana naman. Maingit sila. Ganon, maniwala rin sila. And Paul hopes that there will come a time when the Jews will accept the gospel or Jesus as the Messiah. Well, this one is a very strong message for the Jews. Even in our modern times, there is a kind of a tension between Judaism and Christianity. Judaism and Christianity. For your information... There are a good number of Jews in our modern times who are converted to Catholicism, to Christianity. They realize that the Old Testament somehow prepares for the coming of the Messiah, the New Testament. And the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. It's just like saying that Christianity is the fulfillment, the continuation of Judaism. Kaya meron mga Jewish movements they emphasize that na walang dichotomy between Christianity and Judaism if only they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Unfortunately, medyo in our modern times may hirap sa mga Hudyo maging Catholic or Christians. Why? Because there are pressures also from the family. Di ba? Ay tatandaan natin, malakas ang tradisyon sa Judaism and uh, Judaism is really a very very close knit religion. Uh, they have pride of being the chosen people of God. And of course in history sempre when the Jews were also persecuted by by Christians, by Catholics. Eh, hindi naman yung talagang persecution because of race na later on they will connect it to the Second World War. No, it's really more because parang hard-headed. Just like when Jesus Christ was reprimanding the Pharisees and the scribes. but Ayaw nilang maniwala eh. Mabuti pa yung mga Gentiles naniniwala. But there are Jews were converted to Christianity, and there are many testimonies on that. Uh, sa YouTube, and dahamin yung magenyan, mga Jews becoming Catholics and Christians. No, am I a Jew? Can I become a Christian? Yes, you can become a Christian. Just believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. You know, there are some of this uh, dialogue between Christianity and Judaism. Uh, and, uh, you know, Pope Francis is also very open to other religions, just like John Paul II. Actually, John Paul II was the one who started to apologize for the sins committed by the Catholic Church you know, towards the, the Jews. So, medyo nagkakaroon ng better relationship between Judaism and Christianity. And in a very important uh, document, by uh, the Second Vatican Council no, uh, Itong Second Vatican Council Actually gives us A very good uh, message On the relationship between Christians and Jews Sabi rito A Christian can never be An anti-Semite Especially because of the Jewish roots of Christianity You see there is no separation between Judaism and Christianity because Christianity has its roots in Judaism uh, from the Old Testament up to the New Testament. We cannot be (laughs) anti-Jews. We cannot be anti-Semite. We are friends. We are brothers. Somehow we belong to one family. uh. So Jews and Christians, they should work together. And hopefully, hopefully, the Jews will become believers of Jesus Christ. Pero, as I have said, the letter of Paul to the Romans is actually addressed more to the Jews. Why? Because the Gentiles are becoming believers. So, in the first reading, and that is taken from the book of Isaiah, you will see here that Gentiles, ang emphasized ng first reading, is almost the same as the second Gentiles, foreigners, or aliens like the Canaanites, which we shall meet this uh, the the gospel for this Sunday. Who fear the Lord and obey His commands will also experience the salvation and justice of God. So, you mga Gentiles, foreigners, they are part of the salvation offered by by God. They are not. Left aside, they are not rejected by Jesus. They are part of this plan of salvation. Therefore, there will be no more Jews, no more foreigners, no more Greeks. We are all part of this one church offered to us by Jesus. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, we shall hear this coming Sunday, loving the name of the Lord, them I will bring to my holy mountain, For my house be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So, the house of God is open to all peoples, Gentiles, foreigners, or Jews. Let us now have the lecture or the reading of the gospel for this coming Sunday. And the gospel for this coming Sunday is taken from Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost ship of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are now in the meditatio. And of course, as usual, you ask yourself, is there any word or passage that caught your attention while I was reading the Gospel? Was there a word or passage that challenged you? Was there a word or passage that comforted you? Uh, remember last Sunday, uh, the word or passage that comforted me very much was, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now, do yon. word that caught your attention? Then later on, you can make a kind of a sharing among the members of your family. You know. Right now, we shall have a kind of an explanation of the gospel. If you remember, the 18th Sunday, the gospel is about the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. And then, uh, last Sunday, the 19th Sunday, it was the gospel when Jesus walks on the water. Don't forget these two gospels because... You will see here the contrast uh, the contrast between the disciples of jesus and this canaanite woman the pagan because this miracle story is telling us about jesus honoring a non-jewish woman a canaanite having great faith pagan and yet with great faith in contrast to the little faith of Peter and the other disciples in the previous two miracle stories. You remember the multiplication of the loaves and the fish? Anong nangyari doon? Yung mga disciples wanted to dismiss the the crowd. Pauwi na natin yan? Eh, baka magutom lang dito yan. Wala naman tayong pagkain may bibigay no? ba? Parang ganun eh. And then, we only have five loaves and two fish. Ano magagawa nito? Para bang there's lack of faith among the disciples. And last Sunday, mas lalo na. Ano sabi ni Lord kay Peter? O oh, you of little faith. And here comes the Canaanite woman, pinuri ni Jesus. Dahil sa yung kanyang pananampalataya ay Malaki kesa sa pananampalatayan mga disciples o disipulo ni, ni Jesus. So here, the miracle actually this coming Sunday, the miracle done to the daughter of the Canaanite, is similar to the miracle done to the servant of the centurion. We are in chapter 15. The servant of the centurion is in chapter 8 of Matthew. And if you remember, Centurion was also a pagan. He was not a Jew. He was a pagan asking Jesus to cure his servant. Ito, this coming Sunday, a Canaanite woman, pagan, asking Jesus to cure her daughter. And you remember the famous words of the Centurion to Jesus, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof, but only say the word, then my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man of authority. If I say to one, go, and goes. And if I say to do this, he does it. So, do ang mga harin si Jesus sa kaniyang pananampalataya. Dahil sa centurion na ito, he was a man of authority, and yet, his servant was sick. Pagdating sa, pagdating sa sakit, <laughs> Walang sinasanto-santo yan. Kaya may authority ka, kaya mayamang ka, kaya powerful ka sa buhay. Magkakasakit ka, magkakasakit ka. Huh? Kaya kahit naman itong virus na ito, hindi ba? Kaya yung feeling ng centurion, talagang ganun. Para bang he is a man of authority, but he could not do anything to heal his servant. So, he asked Jesus, heal my servant. So, that is actually two miracles that was performed. That were performed by Jesus to two pagans. Okay, the Canaanite woman and the centurion. Now, in both cases, the miracle of Jesus was performed to the pagans. The Canaanite woman, a pagan, and centurion, a pagan. In both cases, the miracle happened after a lengthy conversation. Bihiram bihira yun si Jesus mag-perform na miracle. Meron pang conversation between the one asking and he. Ito talagang merong conversation. And pagan pa. Is a very good conversation between Pagan and Jesus. So meron sagutan between Jesus and the pagan asking for for help. And then moreover, in both cases, the healing took place at a distance. These two stories contain the only examples of healing at a distance. Ano ibig sabihin niyan? Wala yung may sakit. Wala sa harapan ni Jesus. <laughs> Parang social distancing. No? Ngayon sinasabi natin, social distancing. Ito talagang distant talaga. Suguro mga one kilometer away from Jesus. Huh? Yung centurion, servant ng centurion, we don't know. Nasaan yun servant na yun? ang lumapit lang kay Jesus ay yung centurion. Itong Canaanite woman, hindi naman niya kasama yung daughter niyang may, may sakit. No? So, paralyzed. Eh, kaya, or inaalihan ng demonyo. So, but Jesus Christ cured them. Cured them. And please remember, Matthew is the one writing this gospel. And Matthew was more concerned or rather his audience were more the Jewish Christians. See si Mark, he was more concerned of the Gentile Christians. I forgot to tell you that this miracle that happened to the Canaanite woman, you will find that only in two gospels, Kai Mark and Matthew. Uh, yung Kai Mark ang tawag niya dito sa woman, itong, uh, itong uh, kay Matthew ang tawag niya, Canaanite. Pareho lang naman yun eh. Parehong pagan yan. Pareho on the, in the north. We shall see later. Pero, please remember, Matthew was writing to the Jewish Christian community who were persecuted, which I already mentioned in the previous lecture. They were persecuted. And in crisis. Why? Because the Pharisees and the scribes wanted fidelity to the law of Moses. Eh, bakit pa? We are already Christians. Na, ma, na kami mga Judiyo. So, eh, talagang Matthew is trying to correct that. Thus, the episode of this Canaanite woman somehow encouraged itong mga Jewish Christians na kung ito, Canaanite woman. Pagano? Hindi naman nag-pra-practice ng mosaic law yan eh. Yung mga traditions natin. And yet, Jesus Christ blessed her. Jesus Christ cured cured her daughter. How much more we, Jews, who became Christians. In other words, Itong si Jesus, he's trying to remove the barriers between Judaism and Christianity or his new community. He wanted his community to be something universal. Wala na yung masyadong traditions of in the past or yung mga... <laughs> sa totoo lang, before this passage, in the same chapter, Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20 nidi natin binasa because it is it is not part of the gospel pero yung mga, yung mga verses before this it actually it was talking about traditions na itong mga Pharisees they they were condemning Jesus because his disciples were not washing their hands before eating Pambihira. sabi ni Jesus you don't need all these human traditions no and so somehow yung tong washing of the the hands before eating uh, yung not eating food that were unclean, mga ganyan is not really for salvation. What is important is your faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus goes beyond all these mosaic laws and traditions because He wanted this community to be universal. Universal. Let's Take the first verse. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. <laughs> Tyre and Sidon, they are pagan cities. Eh, kung itong babae na pagano, uh, na sa Tyre and Sidon, uh, eh, talagang he was given attention. Tyre and Sidon is in the northern part, no? after Galilee. A Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. Son of David. That is a title which we call a messianic title. Yung mga disciples of Jesus, never they uttered that word, son of David. And yet, this pagan, bakit naniniwala siya na para siya yung Messiah? Later on, si Peter, the next chapter, yes, he will say, You are the Christ. Pero nauna na, yung, nauna na yung pagan woman, na you are the son of David. So, it's a messianic title that somehow, later on, that will be confessed by Peter. A pagan woman somehow has more insight into the identity of Jesus more than his disciples. And he, she was actually coming from this region, Tyre and Sidon. Okay, please remember, this is the Sea of Galilee, where there was the famous miracle, Jesus walking on the water. And then, pagkatapos ng miracle na yon, ginawa nila? Umakyat si Jesus, papuntang Tyre and Sidon. Lebanon na yun, no? Beirut. You remember what happened in Beirut some days ago when there was a big explosion? Oh, dito yun, sa Beirut, Lebanon. But Jesus went here, in this area here. Ito, mga pagan, ano pa yan, Places. The Jews are here in Galilee. And yun, Jerusalem is in the southern part. Okay? So, most of the ministry of Jesus happened around the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum, Bethsaida, etc., etc. Then he went up, surprisingly. Bakit kaya. Why is it that Jesus went to a pagan place? Why? Hmm. Perhaps Jesus went to the Gentile territory in order to rest <laughs> or to take time out and save from the hostility of the scribes and Pharisees. You see? Eh, dun sa Galilee, eh, dami niyang kaaway eh. <laughs> hindi ba nga? Hindi, hindi, nga, hindi nga siya pinaniniwalaan after so many miracles. Hindi ba? <laughs> eh, sige. Doon na lang muna ako sa pagan territory. Baka may mga madiniwala pa sa akin. Parang ganun, no? Eh, true it is. Meron nga itong woman. They were interrupted by this pagan woman, a Canaanite. Please remember, there is a hostility between the Jews and the Canaanites. Just like in the past, we know that there's a hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. Because, yung you the way they see the Canaanites and Samaritans, they're actually pagans. Eh. Samaritans, maybe less. Because Samaritans also somehow, they were former Jews, but they intermarriage with the pagans. Itong Canaanites, talagang ano yan. Pagans talagayan. If you are aware with the history in the Old Testament, how the Israelites. Arrive in Cana. In Cana. Eh, hindi ba ang Cana? That is the promised land. Uh, remember, the Israelites, they were set free. Uh, from, the, from slavery in Egypt. And then, yung mga Israelites, they, what? Traveled in the desert for 40 years. Mount Sinai is here, they believe, And then they went up to the promised land. And the promised land is Canaan. So the people are called Canaanites. Diba? So, ang unang naging kaaway ng mga Israelites after their liberation in Egypt were the Canaanites. So itong Canaanites na ito, uh, they were here. The mga Phoenicians. And before the Israelites arrived in the promised land, there were other tribes. Meron Hittites, the Philistines, the Phoenicians, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, and Midianites. So, these were the Canaanites, were actually enemies of, of the Jews. And if you remember in the Old Testament, the first town where the Jews entered was Jericho, known as the oldest city in the world. And Jericho was the first town of the Canaanites. Nagkaroon ng away between the Israelites and the Canaanites in in Jericho. And because the Canaanites were defeated, the Israelites were able to enter the promised land. So, yung Canaan naging <laughs> different places were the 12 tribes of Israel. So, pinaghati-hati <laughs> ng 12 tribes of Israel yun area dito of Canaan. And the Edomites, Moabites, the Phoenicians, yung Phoenicians yan yun, 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 Tyre and Sidon. Okay? Kaya nga sa Gospel di Mark, ang tawag niya sa woman, syrio Phoenician Ang tawag naman ni Matthew, Canaanites. Alos pareho lang naman. So, pinaghati-hati yan ng 12 tribes of Israel. So, that's what happened. So, itong Canaanite woman was really insisting. We shall see that later. Kaya nga mga other biblical scholar, they call the Pagan woman as someone representing those who are denied an equal place in the society and in the church. And those who are courageous to speak up for the right and good. And we shall see that later. Because she was a pagan. And for the Jews, you pagans, you are good for nothing. Eh, Kami chosen people. eh? Pero she had the courage to speak up. Unlike the disciples in the sea who have no courage at all. Continuing, verse 23, Jesus did not answer a word. So when, when, when the woman was approaching her, uh, approaching Jesus, that Canaanite woman, no? and the woman shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. See, Jesus did not answer a word. So His disciples came to Him and urged Him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. Here we will find three pains of the Canaanite woman. Uh, three pains. The first pain that was experienced by this Canaanite woman is when Jesus did not say a word. Here, the woman experienced the first pain of a silent treatment from Jesus, as if she did not exist. Hmm? And di ba kung feeling natin, as if Jesus Christ uh, did not say a word to us whenever we pray, ba? Parang natutulog ba Dios, tahimik ba Dios? Para may silent treatment. That is the first pain of the Canaanite woman. He was she was shouting, pero wala masinabi si Jesus. And then the second pain, ay yung sinabi ng mga disciples, send her away. Eh, siyempre, mga disciples were Jews also. They have bias and prejudice towards the, the pagans, the Canaanites. So, para bang sabi, sabi nila kay Jesus, send her away. Wag na tayong guluhin pa, di ba? Please remember, the Jews were a very exclusive group. And they were the chosen people of God. And as much as possible, the Jews had no dealings with people who were non-Jews, the pagans, if they could help it. Because for them, the pagans, they are considered unclean. while well, they consider themselves as clean. Everyone who is considered an outsider was considered unclean. And therefore, there's a kind of a barrier between the clean and and the unclean. The clean are the Jews and the unclean were the non-Jews. Continuing, verse 24, Jesus Christ answered the Canaanite woman, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Ba? Sa wakas, nagsalita sa si Jesus, kaso, parang negative. I was sent only the lost sheep of Israel. Parang mas I was not sent to the pagans. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Eh ito ba pinapakita na si Jesus has nothing to do with the pagans or he has no heart with the pagans. In fact, sa chapter 10 also in the Gospel of Matthew, we we read, do not visit pagan territory. Narinig sinabi niya sa sa kanyang apostles. And do not enter a Samaritan town. Go instead after the lost ship of the house of Israel. Well, I don't think that Jesus Christ has no heart for the pagans or for the non-Jews as if they will not be saved. Ang gusto lang pakita ni Jesus, first, let us begin with the Jews because they are the chosen people of God. And my, I'm a Jew. Kaya, let me convert first the Jews. No? If they don't listen, uh, then I will, I will, my mission will be for you. Pero please remember, even though he said these words that you should not enter the Samaritan town, no, I'm only sent to the lost of the house of Israel, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that he has nothing to do with the pagans. In fact, from time to time, he would remind, uh, he would reprimand the Jews about uh, this uh, non-belief towards His miracles and works. In fact, later on, in the last chapter of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19, we shall hear those beautiful words, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, etc., etc. Disciples of all nations, all nations. And when the pagan centurion uh, was was blessed by Jesus, curing His servant, Jesus Christ later on said, Many will come from the east and the west and will find a place at the banquet in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, it's not only the Jews who will be uh, in the place of banquet, but also the non-Jews, the pagan, like this centurion or the servant of the centurion, that they will find themselves also in the kingdom of God and then also in Matthew ten, uh, we hear these words. Actually, Jesus was warning those Jewish towns who will not listen to his twelve apostles. If you do not listen to mga twelve apostles, it shall be more tolerable in the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than from that for that town. So. Makinig kayo otherwise mas mauna pa ang Sodom and Gomorrah uh, sa kingdom of God and then also when Jesus Christ said after Chorazin Bethsaida and Capernaum failed to believe in his mighty works ano sabi niya it shall be more tolerable to- tolerable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon which were mentioned uh, in our reading were our Canaanite woman was coming from Tyre and Sidon. Mas okay pasila. kayong mga na, nasa korazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, where I performed so many miracles. And then in Matthew 12, again, wherein, sabi niya, if the Ninevites repented because of Jonah, if uh, the queen of Sheba somehow believed in Solomon, there is someone greater than Jonah and Solomon here. And yet, you failed to believe. So, the Ninevites and the Queen of Sheba will have part in his resurrection. Pero kayo, mga Jews, my own people, you don't believe in my teachings. Continuing in verse 25, The woman came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. So, it's not true that Jesus Christ doesn't want to to mind the pagans. No. Yes, he first preached to the, to the Jews, but then his heart was opened little by little in order to show to the Jews also that mga pagans, na ito, they believe in my words. Well, you Jews, you don't believe me. So from time to time, he would reprimand the Jews and he would favor the pagans. And here we shall see, the woman said, Lord, help me. And Jesus Christ answered, "It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs." And she said, "Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table." Wow, ang ganda naman ang conversation ito. Sabi sa inyo, bang conversation between Jesus and the pagan no just like the one in the centurion ito makikita natin yung third pain ng babae ano yung third pain eh, throw it to the dogs parang he was considered by Jesus as a dog di ba nakaka nakasakit naman yun no tawagin kang aso at huh? least remember yung mga Gentiles were commonly referred to as dogs by the Jews. But the word used by Jesus here is diminutive. Diminutive means kunaryon. That is the word that he used. Ang isibin ng kunaryon is a house dog or puppy. A small dog. Hindi yung kuon. Ang kuon talaga yung parang askal, aso. no? Yung kunaryon papi Alam naman natin ngayon, ang mga papi, cute, ba Talagang inaalagaan natin yan. No? Kaya nga, pag meron namatay na papi, parang mas malungkot pa tayo no? kaysa sa ibang mga namamatay. No? Meron nga akong naging kaibigan na yung papi niya namatay after eight years. Namatay lang last week. Talagang he was very, very, very sad. And then, one of my classmates, namatay rin yung aso niya ah, kahapon lang. And he was really very, very sad. No? Pero, iyan mga puppy house dog, talaga ano yan eh, parang, parang naging anak na nila yan, no? pinapakain nila yan. Pero, kahit natawagin kang kunaryon o kuon, parang aso pa rin yan. <laughs> diba? In fact, in Matthew 7, sabi ni Jesus, do not give to dogs what is holy. <laughs> ba? Do not give to dogs what is holy. eba?" Eh, pagan woman na ito, was he, she was considered a dog. Yun nga lang, papi. Perhaps we can ask ourselves, Ano ba ito si Jesus? Siya gumagamit lang ng cultural stereotype? Or meron rin bang siyang prejudice towards this pagan during that time? Well, perhaps Jesus was just testing the faith of the woman. Bah, naman gusto lang... It test ni Jesus yung pananampalataya ng woman. Otherwise, if Jesus was biased, he should not be going to a pagan territory in the first place. Uh, palagay ko naman, hindi naman siya biased with that woman. Eh, at least, tinawag niyang kunarion papi. Eh, mas malapit naman ng papi kaysa sa aso na parang askal, di ba? But... Little by little, you see, he, he would favor the, the woman. He was not really biased. In fact, he went to the pagan territory. No? Pero, you know, just like any other Jew, parang kanyang ano kanyang term for the pagans. No? Yung kunaryon ang ginamit niya, which is better than kuwon. And then finally, the last verse, Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. You have great faith, woman. Wow, that is a real contrast with what Jesus told Peter last Sunday. Oh, you little faith. And here, woman, pagan woman, you have great faith. Hindi ni itong mga apostles ko. They have little faith. And this one echoes what Jesus told also the centurion. Uh, yung na yung kanyang servant. No? Truly I say to you, sabi ni Jesus sa kanya, Not even in Israel have I found such faith. Imagine, sabi ng centurion. Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. You have great faith. I have not seen that faith even in Israel. And ngayon, sasabihin niya sa woman, you have such a great faith and your request is granted. Jesus gives in to the demand of the Canaanite woman because of her great faith. Parabang this is a good example of someone wrestling with God. Sabi ni Jesus, ah, hindi siya pinansin, tapos sinabi ng disciple, send her away. And then, sasabihin pa ni Jesus na, I don't want to give food to the dogs, you know, parang ganun. And then, sasabihin ng babae, Well, even yung mga scraps, yung mga crumbs, kinakain pa rin ng aso yan, di ba? In other words, yung babae, hindi naman siya nagmayabang eh. Pinapakita lang na possible pa rin na tulungan siya ni Jesus. Imagine a woman wrestling with Jesus. Para bang antalino naman itong woman na ito? Hindi naman siya yung nainis, and then Umalis. Bahala ka sa buhay mo. Hindi ka tutulungan ni Jesus kung may inis ka lang, ba? Hindi. Talang this woman was really intelligent. magna na natin sabihin more intelligent than Jesus. Das, uh, parang nanalo siya eh, no? Pero it was a woman who who really wanted to fight for her rights also. Who really wanted to have a share of the grace and blessings that Jesus was offering to the Jews. That even though she was a pagan, she wanted to have that blessing also. And Jesus cannot ignore people, a Jew or a pagan, who have faith. Pag meron ka lang pananampalataya kay Jesus, kay Hudyo ka, kay pagan ka, you will not be ignored by Jesus. And the best message here of this gospel is this. Bakit hindi iniignore ni Jesus ang Hudyo o ang pagan who have faith? Because for Him, salvation is universal. Salvation is for all. God is a universal God. He is not for a particular race, a particular group of people. His community is something universal. In fact, di ba, yung mga Pharisees na naging Christians, they were insisting na itong mga Ma Christians, even the Gentile Christians, ma pagan Christian, eh, dapat they should follow the Mosaic law. In there the community of Jesus goes beyond Judaism. It's bigger than the kingdom of Israel because his kingdom is the kingdom of God. It is something universal. Imagine if Christianity just become a department, a sect, a uh, a small group of Judaism, that cannot be. Because the words of Jesus is something universal. It goes beyond Judaism or the Jewish religion. It is something universal. And Jesus somehow removed the barriers uh, because salvation is universal. Ito, baka naman very strong statement ito. Jesus is Catholic. <laughs> ano ba i ng Catholic? Universal. He was the one who removed the barrier between clean and unclean. The barriers between Jews and Gentiles. Kaya nga, tinatawag na yung simbahan na tinatag niya, Catholic. Uh, please remember, Jesus Christ did not give any name huh, to His church. Eh, sino nagbigay ng name na yan? Well, Yung mga early Christians, yung mga apostles, yung mga disciples of the apostles, yung mga fathers of the church. Because Jesus Christ is Catholic, His salvation is something universal. And the proof of the true church, which I already mentioned in the past, yun DNA of the true church is the church must be one, holy, catholic, and apostolic. We have seen before in the parable of the weeds and the wheat, holy, uh, That the church is holy because it was founded by Jesus who was holy. But we were not saying that the church of Christ is only for the saints. No, it's also for the sinners who wanted to become holy. Because it's holy because Jesus Christ was holy. And we are all aiming to be holy. Now, it's Catholic because it is universal. It is for all, open to all types of people, race gender, whatever. All types of people, the church founded by Jesus, is for all. So, what is the meaning of a Catholic church? Actually, sinasabi nila, sa Bible bayan yung word Catholic? Actually, nasa Bible naman yan, nasa New Testament. Uh, yung Catholic is taken from two words, kata and holos. Kata means concerning. Holos means whole. So, Pagpinagsama mo yan is according to the totality, is keeping with the whole. In other words, in modern terms, it is something universal. It's two Greek words put together, holos. Uh, and uh, in Acts, for example, Acts chapter 5 verse 11, we read this, holenten ekklesian, meaning the whole church. You see, holos, whole, the whole church. And then also in Acts chapter 9 verse 31, we read here, Ecclesia Catholes. Ecclesia Catholes means the church throughout the whole of. So, yung word Catholic, nasa New Testament yan. Pero, of course, it was used as a mark, as an attribute of the church founded by Jesus because the church of Jesus is for all, for the whole of the whole humanity, in uh, dealing for a particular group like the Judaism, in there it goes beyond Judaism. And this term Catholic was used by the Church Fathers. You know, the Church Fathers. That's a very important study because the Church Fathers, their writings actually they are echoes of the Gospel, echoes of the Gospel. Why? Because this. Apostolic Fathers, they were disciples of the Apostles. Eh, sino bang papakinggan natin? Yung disciples of the Apostles, or yung mga modern theologians now? or yung mga modern ministers now? or yung mga modern pastors now? What they are saying must be according to what the Apostles thought, and this was heard by their disciples. What they have heard, what they have seen, they pass on to their disciples. What they have heard and they have seen from Jesus, they pass on to their disciples. And some of these apostolic fathers we have here, for example, who mentioned the word Catholic. They were insisting that the church must be Catholic, something universal. Ignatius of Antioch, in the martyrdom of Polycarp, they also mentioned Catholic Church. Moratorian Canon, Intertulian, Council of Nicaea, St. Augustine. They were mentioning that the church is Catholic, something universal. Let me just give you one quotation, for example, from St. Ignatius of Antioch. I think I have given this in the past in my Lecture Divina, but it's also good to review uh, what uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch wrote about this, because he was the first one to use the name Catholic Church in his Letter. Please remember, Ignatius of Antioch was a disciple of John. You see. My connections apostles. And not only that, they believed that it was Peter who ordained him as a priest. And who ordained him also later on as a bishop of Antioch. Because Peter also became the bishop of Antioch. So there's a connection here between the fathers of the church and the apostles. And St. Ignatius of Antioch was martyred in the Colosseum in Rome. He was eaten by the wild beasts, by the lions. Uh, of course, he had a very beautiful letter before he, he met his martyrdom. So beautiful that uh, I would recommend that you read his letters. Actually, he has seven letters. Uh, just like St. Paul. He wrote nine letters for seven places. Itunaman meron siyang seven letters for seven places, and one of the best letters where you will find here the Catholic Church is his letter to the Smyrnians. Where is Smyrna? Smyrna is in Turkey, modern Turkey. Now they have changed the word instead of Smyrna, naging Izmir, Izmir. Pero Izmir and Smyrna, they are the same. And this is what he wrote to the Smyrnians. Wherever the bishop shall appear, there let the multitude also be. There let the people be. Even as wherever Jesus Christ is, there is the Catholic Church. You see? See how important this letter of St. Ignatius because here for the first time, he mentioned the word Catholic Church. And lastly, From a quotation by St. Cyril of Jerusalem. Oh, by the way, please remember, St. Ignatius of Antioch died sometime in the year 107. You see, St. John, the evangelist, somehow he died in the year 90. Kaya talagang magkasama yan dalawa. No? And then he was also the friend of St. Polycarp, no? which in the martyrdom of Polycarp, it was also mentioned about the Catholic Church. Ito naman si St. Cyril of Jerusalem. He was born in the year 315, in the 4th century. And he is a very, very important apostolic or father of the church. Why? Because he was a theologian and his writings were used as a catechism for the catechumens, those preparing themselves for baptism. And here in his letter or in his writing, he wrote something about the Catholic church. Why it is called Catholic? Please remember this is in the fourth century and this is what he wrote. The church is called Catholic because it extends through all the world. cataholes yeah. throughout the whole world, is something universal. From one end of the earth to another. That's the reason why it's Catholic. Also because, he said, it teaches universally. The church is universal and it teaches universally. And without omission... All the doctrines which ought to come to man's knowledge about things both visible and invisible, heavenly and earthly. And then he continued, And because it brings under the sway of true religion all classes of men, rulers and subjects, learned and ignorant. Lahat ng tao, welcome yan sa simbahan. And... He continued, Because it universally treats and cures every type of sin committed by means of soul and body. Kahit nu pang kasalanan niyan, kahit anong universal sin that is being committed by all that can be forgiven in the Catholic Church. Because the Church is a welcoming Church, universal Church. And then he continued by saying, When you are staying in any city, Do not inquire simply where the Lord's house is. Nasambang simbahan, de? And do not ask simply where the church is, but say, where is the Catholic Church? For that is the special name of this holy Church, which is the mother of all. Wow, we have so many things here to meditate, no? So, let's ask ourselves in this contemplatio. Our reflection goes to these three questions. Am I like the disciples' prejudice and bias toward others? Mapanuri ba ako? Huh? Meron ba ako mga bias to a group of people na parang we are saying we are better than them? Para ba tong mga disciples na ito, huh? They think that they are clean, but the rest are unclean. Diba? Hindi naman maganda yung ganun na attitude. Diba? And then, is our parish a welcoming parish open to all peoples? Do I have a Catholic attitude? this means, are you open to all types of people to welcome them in the church, in our parish? And finally, do I have a persevering faith? like that of the Canaanite woman? <laughs> well, we may have the faith of Peter uh, because at the end, he was humble enough. Lord, save me! Nung nalulunod na siya. No? Pero itong persevering faith ng pagan woman, itong Canaanite, was really something extraordinary. Na parang kung ikaw yung suguro, eh, magi give up ka na eh. Parang tinawag ka pa ng aso, hindi ka pinansin, and then, in not She did not give up. She was really persevering. Kaya nga, meron na push. Pray until something happens. No, Kaya, It happened. And there was a miracle no? that happened because this Canaanite woman was persistent and persevering in her faith. Let us ask ourselves for this coming week how we can practice the Word of God personally in this coming week, I will try my best, for example, to be like this Canaanite woman with a persevering faith na kahit na mangyari, kahit na itong pandemic na ito, kahit na mangyari sa aking buhay, may tiwala ako sa Diyos. At maaalala akong lagi yung sinasabi niya. Halimbawa, courage, it is I, do not be afraid. That is part of our faith. Hopefully, we have greater faith than that of Peter, the Canaanite faith, this woman who was blessed by Jesus. Let us now pray. Let us take our closing prayer from Psalm 67, giving us the idea of universality of God. May God have pity on us and bless us. May He let His face shine upon us. So may your way be known upon earth among all nations, your salvation. May the nations be glad and exalt because you rule the peoples in equity. The Nations on the Earth you guide, may the peoples praise you, o God, May all the peoples praise you, May God bless us, and may all the ends of the earth fear Him. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good night and thank you, God bless you all.